people. Hi, Elsie. In the home. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> Good morning. Hello. <laughs> this isn't our first one back, is it? Um, it is for this year as in recording, although we did have an episode come out last week. Right. And so Happy 2019, y'all. Yeah, dude. It's almost my birthday. It's almost your Well, actually, it's going to be much closer to your birthday when the show comes out. I know. Like two days before your birthday. Just ignore me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my birthday's on Wednesday. And ironically, it is the first work review I'll have had in 10 years. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, oh my gosh. Are you really excited about that? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. But I'm going to trust the universe will give me what I need on that day, whatever that well, means. Good. <laughs> I'm just going to t- go with it. We were supposed to do it last week, and he was like, well, can we do it on Wednesday? I said, sure. And then I was like, yo, that's my birthday. And he was like, yep, I know. So I was like, oh, okay. Guess we'll say yes then. <laughs> Why not? Well, it's either going to be a yay, it's my birthday, or oof, it's my birthday. I mean... How do we feel about our birthdays lately, Elsie? Like, how do you feel about yours, John? I love my birthday, birthday? dude. I'm going to be 47. I'm so close to 50. Wow. Oh, my God. So, Jesse and I, or I mean, uh, Elsie and I, we're 11 years apart. That sounds really, really weird. That does sound weird. Yeah. But you and I are 15 years apart. Yes. I think that embracing it is, for me, one of the best things that, I can do for myself and also the fact that it's it's very it's I think it's very exciting I think we're now in a position of that we've never really been in I I think as women as well where usually I mean I, I mean I venture to say there were no real people that you could look up to that were females after a certain age especially in media at least that I can remember, usually they just go away. It's all the young ones. And I think we're getting to a point now where that could hopefully be changing. And if not, then we have an opportunity to really take that realm as mentors and as wise women, because we're moving now into a whole new, like before it was like the ingenues and the leading ladies. And now we're like the wise women. Now we're moving into that that part of our lives where we have the opportunity to really stand up and be seen as women who have lived you know, and have more experience. So I'm really excited by it. Yes. Speaking of that, I always thought I would look cute with wrinkles. And for the most part, I don't feel that I have too many wrinkles to look cute with. But it turns out no matter what wrinkles you get, you're not going to be too thrilled with them. Like, I can't have cute wrinkles. Like, instead, I have what's called marionette lines. Do you know what that is, Elsie? Oh, yes. Yes. Like on your mouth, like it looks like you have like your mouth, the whole entire jaw It looks like I have lines that run from the corner of my mouth down to my chin. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought I would just get like a wrinkly forehead or like some laugh lines. No. Instead, I have one little angry frown line above the eyebrow and then marionette lines. Like they're not cute. It makes me look like a hound dog. Well, I have to say that those things do bother me. Like, I'm not going to be all Pollyanna about my my own face. But part of it is like, here's what bothers me. The fact that my lips have those little lines that I could swear only people who smoked have. You know how you see smokers and they have those little lines that go all the way like. Do you have that when you're not smiling or talking? Yes. I think if I'm like, just have my my normal resting bitch face on. (laughs) 
the normal <laughs> I think maybe that's what made this. Yeah. For you, the bitch face comes on the upper lip. For me, it's the faux frown. So my question, Elsie. Yes, I do have both. Would you go get any kind of Botox or anything to alleviate that? Would you do that or are you going to just embrace them? You know, I am torn because, you know, one of the reasons why I, I just said what I said before about being a woman to influence the way that we see things and the way we are. I think one of the reasons that I really want to take that seat for myself is because I feel self-conscious about it. I feel like, yeah, me too. It doesn't make me feel good about my face when I think about that. So I feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to get rid of it. And then when I have that thought, then I go, why do I feel like I have to get rid of it? And then I go to the next thought, which is because I haven't seen a woman that's my age that hasn't had it. Botox. You know what I mean? Where you see people's like all the actresses and all the women that are featured on magazines that are around my age, anything from like, you know, 45 Maybe and like up. Curtis has it. Like you, but what I'm saying is there aren't very many, though. I mean, where are they? Every time you see a picture, you see all these women that like look like how about like J-Lo, for God's sake. The woman's going to be 50 and she looks like she's 25 years old. Why? Yeah, but she works out like four hours a day. Exactly. I mean, who has got the time for that? But what I'm saying is that there aren't any women, everyday women. So I have no reference point as to what a natural, everyday 45 plus woman looks like because there aren't any being reflected back at me. What about your mother? Well, yeah, but that's my mom. Well, she's still a woman that's older. Well, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. But what I'm saying is that like my pe like, I don't know. J-Lo's had a facelift, not just Botox. She's had a facelift, a full facelift. You sure about that? I'm looking at the pictures right now. Okay. Oh, she did? You can clearly see the difference between then and now. Yes. Clearly. Oh, wow. I have no idea. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. It's like I look at her and I go, how is she doing that? Okay, now you, you know. know. Surgery. I'm going to bring this up because I just watched The Amazing Miss Maisel, which is a show on uh, Well, you're an expert Pro. on women now because of that show, aren't you? Jim? No, I just I just because I saw this and I just thought to myself, this is where it started. And in the show, the wife, she was just married. She would go to bed with her makeup on and everything, and she would lay there, and he would fall deep asleep. And she would get up, and she'd go, and she'd put her hair in rollers, and she would put the cream on her face, and she would do all the things that she would do. Then she would slide back into bed and be and go to sleep. And then she would wake up before he woke up, go oh, back I in, scrub her face, do her hair, put her makeup on, and then get back in bed. And the, the alarm would go off, and he would wake up, and she'd go, oh, hi, oh, oh, what a good night's sleep. And I'm thinking to myself, that's where it started. That's where women started to make yes. it. Yes. Isn't that bonkers? You guys, I don't know if you've seen that, Elsie. It's on Amazon. But yeah, like she would wake up a half hour before him, fluff herself out. He didn't even know she wore cool cream and rollers in her hair every night. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and women started to make their beauty part of their identity. Crazy. And in, until maybe it starts to go the other way where it's not part of your identity, then you would be able to embrace that. I don't know. It's just a thought. Yeah, but then also now you've got society behind your back. But anyway, I considered it. Then I thought maybe only a little bit to just plump up those little tiny things in my mouth. Yeah, I just don't want to look like I have like super frown all the time. I just don't want to look frowny all the time. I'm sitting with it, but I think part of it is that nobody really talks about this kind of stuff. It's either yes or no, and it's either 
we already have a way of referencing some of these things like that's beautiful and that's not beautiful. And then you have two opposing points of view. One of them that it's like, don't touch your face. Every line that you have on your face, you've earned. Be proud of it. You ha- you know, there's that side. And then there's the other side where it's like, well, I'm not going to let myself look old. Like, I, if I can do anything about it, I'm just going to work against aging, if you will. There has to be mm-hmm. a balance in there. Right. Like where it's not just like, just be natural and let's cover it all up (laughs) and let's pretend I'm 30 when I'm 60. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then and it's the first comment that you get all the time. Every time that you see somebody like what's her name? Jane Fonda. Did you see her? How well she's doing? And look at her face and look at the the. And it's the only thing that you are commenting on. But when you Mm -hmm. see him like a guy who's older or maybe around her the, the, the same age as Jane Fonda, those aren't the comments you get. You just, just like, oh, oh there's so-and-so. Like, usually that's all you say. You're like, oh, he, you know, that's it. Not, look at how good she looks for being X amount of age is always the comment. And guys don't ever get that. They just go, who, who's going to look at a man and go, oh, my God, he looks so good for being, you know, whatever. Although I just said that about what's his name? On in Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke. Oh my God, I love him so. I did Me say too. that. He looks great. When I watched Mary Poppins, spoiler alert, people of those of you who have not seen Mary Poppins Returns, spoiler, skip forward about a few minutes or whatever. But he does a dance number in that movie towards the end, and he's like what, almost ninety or Is he more? That old? Yeah, his, his his brother died not that long ago. The younger brother died. So, yeah, he's still doing it. He is amazing. And I was like, I literally almost started crying because I was like, oh, my God, he is just amazing. And I'm so so I did think that about him. I'm like, he's doing so good for being so old. But, (laughs) you know, I'm annoyed because I've been looking up. I just looked up celebrities who've never had plastic surgery. And the top two people on the list have both had nose jobs. Halle Berry and Michelle Pfeiffer both have had a nose job. That's annoying as hell that they don't know that. Come on. Kim Basinger? You've got to be kidding me. Those aren't her lips. Anyway, sorry. Also, I guess my commentary is about those ladies. Maybe for Halle Berry, if she did. I I Actually, mind you, I don't know, but maybe you you can say like, yeah, she did. But when did this happen? Was it when she was 30? No, she was a beauty queen. She was like 20. It was a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. Is that when she did it? Her and Michelle Pfeiffer both did it before they were famous. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. So there's that. I'm not making excuses for them for doing no, that. No, but you're but... right. It was a long. I mean, it's not. It's not to stop them from aging. You're right. Yeah, and we're talking aging here. We're not talking about like before, like your nose. I know, but still, it's misleading. Yeah. All right. We should probably move on from this. Yes. Thank you. Happy birthday, Jess. Um, don't get um, plastic surgery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So first we should, we have an announcement to make to everybody. Yes. Elsie and I have decided to go every other week with our show. Yeah. Mind you, you're getting two back to back right now. Ta-da! 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 <laughs> it's just, um, you know, to give us a little bit of space to, to not feel like we're completely and utterly overwhelmed with all the things that we're doing every week. Well, that makes it sound <laughs> negative. It's so that we can work on another project together in between the times we're doing this show. We're going to be doing another show together that may or may not come to fruition. We're working on another project. And then Elsie and I have our work things to do. 
Right. Right. You make it sound like we're over. I mean, you know, I am overwhelmed with all the things, but like it's to make space for a new project. Right. Right. Exactly. Don't put that onto the universe, Elsie. I don't want to be so overwhelmed. I can't think straight. You know, I want to be making room for more successful endeavors. Exactly. And that's why we're making these choices for sure. And uh, do you guys, you know, doing a weekly show takes a lot of preparation time. And, well, if it's good. Um, in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If it's good. <laughs> if it's not good, fuck it. Do you it. are correct. Stand corrected. Try doing three or four a week. I know. I oh, have my three. God. Right. Well, you know what, though? I mean, truth be told, one of my, like somebody that I look up to in this space, his name is Mike Hurley, and he runs um, Relay FM. He is a co-founder for that network. And he is in, I think, at least four separate shows. And But that's all he does. Ryan Gray has like 14. Yeah, but what does he yeah. do? Does he just come on and do like he does the no, content? No, he does a lot. I mean, he actually the ad sales, the everyday running of the network stuff, um, which includes the ad sales stuff. He also prepares the content. And I know he does some of the editing for okay. the show. I don't know how many of how much of the editing for which of the shows that he's on he does the editing for, but he does do that. And he runs the live, like they do it live as well, which is another component. So every single time they're on, they not only put their shows out, but the, he's also running the actual live interactions, the chat room, all of that kind of stuff. So there's an awful lot of things that he's doing for every one of those shows. And just being on the shows, I think, is enough. But he also has to do all of the rest of the I'm like boss things. And you're right. He does do it full time. We have other yes. things that we do besides our show, whereas his shows are his full time job. So he can fit 14 yes. in because that's all he does. Right. Like last night I had to, because of switching a schedule, I had to record my show last night. Then I had to edit the show last night. Then I had to do show notes. Then I had to do the artwork. Then I had to, you know, upload everything. Then I had to schedule everything. And I was up till one o'clock in the morning and I'd started at five o'clock. So I did a whole episode. Well, I, we had planned the content beforehand, so that's time's not included. But from five o'clock until one o'clock in the morning, it, that's how long it took to do the episode and put it out. And it, that's a lot of time, you know, for somebody that has a job like that. And then you do two or three or four of them, then you're part of four of them. It's, you know, it's a lot. It's a ton of time. So, yeah, I understand why you're doing it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we just wanted to let you guys know in case you don't see us as often on your queue. And it also gives us the opportunity to change our mind. So it's not like it's going right. to be like this forever, maybe. Um, but it, there could be a point where we can, you know, you'll see us back, you know, three times a month or something like that. But we will be consistently here. It's just If it doesn't pan out, then know. we'll probably come yeah. back to what we were doing. Totally. And also, I kind of wanted to address this right from the get-go, too, especially if we do have some new folks that are still with us at this point, um, about Apple Podcast Submissions. And I know that this is – and I'm just doing this because this is what we are. We are She Podcast. At our core, we want to educate our community. And one of the things that I keep seeing a lot of the time are these um, expectations around – Apple podcasts and and submissions. And when I'm saying this, this is for new people. So if you're a new podcaster or you're starting a new show, even if you already have another one, as of now, Apple has said that within five business days, you should be, you know, in quote, accepted. Now, if nothing's wrong with your feed, if, if you know your artwork's right, you've filled everything out right and all that kind of stuff, five business days is their norm now. 
That's what the what they're saying. So that's what your expectations should be. Are there variables to that? Yes, there's actually some people who submit and then within hours, they're in Apple Podcasts, you know, within less than 24 hours or maybe just after 24 hours. So that does happen. But your expectation is to be that you're going to be coming out um, or being accepted in around five days. The other and then one thing that, um, you know, Rob and I have started to say to people is that if you do once you like in quote launch my suggestion now from clients to now on is if you want to launch your show, you need to submit to Apple Podcasts at least at least three weeks in advance or four weeks in advance of your launch, meaning of when you tell your people that you have launched. Why? Because even if you are, let's say you get that five, like five days after you submit, and then afterwards, it takes time for Apple Podcasts to index your information, just in the same way as when you have a new po- a new um, website out, and then you know the Google spiders need some time to index that information. Same thing happens there. So it takes time to be found via search, and sometimes you need to be in there for a while. And then the next thing is that information then needs to populate to all of those other podcast apps out there that are using the Apple Podcast API, so that. If you say to somebody, subscribe to my show using, let's say, Overcast, and you go into your Overcast and you write in, you type in the title of your show, it's going to take time, again, for that API to populate as well within the third-party apps. So it is better with after three weeks or even a month that you submit to Apple Podcasts for you then to do your proper launch of your show. So there shouldn't be an expectation of like, okay, the last thing I need to do is submit to Apple podcast and I'll be ready to go because it takes forever for a lot of these things to happen. And if it is taking forever, you also have the choice of submitting to Spotify. You can promote the Spotify that you got into Spotify instead of Apple podcast, because that's completely separate. And you can also say that you're in Google Podcasts because it right now it's indexing off of your website. So you don't have to submit into Google Podcasts. That's also another thing. I just want to clarify that for you guys. So in terms of Apple Podcasts, five business days is what you should expect. And then it takes time to index for search. And then it takes up for that update to go to all of the corresponding podcast app that are fueled by the Apple Podcast API. So that's my last PSA. That's my little, if you have any questions, just email feedback at shepodcast.com and then we'll get a little deeper into that if you have questions. So make sure you do that. The end. (laughs) Next. And next. Oh my God. So have you seen this, these new, speaking of Google Podcasts, the um, congratulations to the first teams from the Google Podcast Creator Program. Um, They announced it uh, towards the end of like around January 10th. Their um, Google Podcast had a creator program that they were, they wanted to amplify the diversity of voices inside of the podcasting industry and to make sure that there is content available for all audiences out there. And when I say that, they weren't actually just focusing on the United States voices. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes here so that you guys can see the shows that are being supported now in this. And they're from all over the place. One of them is from Kenya, 
One of them is from Chile. One of them is from LA, but it's actually focusing in on the Filipino diaspora. There's another one uh, from New Jersey, and that one is focusing in on the Puerto Rican culture. There's another one uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, and it is focusing in on the book called The Colored Girl Beautiful, a book that came out in 1916. Um, and there's one that I really love that I think is super s- simple here, which is like from Philadelphia. <laughs> It's called Who Taught You How to Drive? And it's a humorous interview podcast about how we get around told by the stories of drivers, walkers, riders, and bikers and their habits on the road. So anyway, I I know that I kind of like skimmed through some of these, but some of these uh, concepts for these shows are really well uh, chosen by the team over at Google Podcasts. So check it out. This is supported by PRX in conjunction with Google Podcasts. And there will be more programs like this, guys. It's going to continue. So this is just the first team. And check out the link in the show notes to learn more about it. So you put something here, Jess, BBC pissing people off. Yeah, apparently they yanked some of their shows and they're only going to put them on the BBC app and nowhere else. No Apple, no Google. Oh, my gosh. No anywhere else. And uh, especially this one show, fortunately, it's called. And they had some links in the article to, to, to the tweets from the host where people were like, what? How dare you? But yeah, they announced today or yesterday that it's going to be made exclusive to BBC Sounds, the new audio app, which means the podcast, which isn't aired on BBC Radio, will not be available anywhere else. They're doing an exclusivity trial for BBC Sounds, and it only affects the first four episodes of their show. But I thought it was worth mentioning because... I thought Amazon tried that already, and I have not heard much about it since, although I know they still do it because I'm an Audible customer. Oh, you mean with the stories, with the Audible stories that they had in there? They have Audible stories, and I think, yeah, they have some other like show-type things going on in there that you can download for free if you're an Audible customer, but um, who has time? But also, I mean, I don't know anyone that is subscribed to that for the extra content that they're producing for Amazon. And similarly... What is the like, is this such a good is any show such a good show that they will break however they use and listen to podcasts to do what they want? Like, that's your big thing lately is like you can't change how people listen. You sort of have to go to them because habits like that are impossible to break. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Amy Schumer podcast. They put the first season out where you could get it and download it. And I loved it. And now it has to be on Spotify and I don't listen to anything. But it was on Spotify. It, it was. It was. Res- They're producing it. But at first, they put the feed out to Apple. And now the second season, you can only listen to it on Spotify. And I haven't heard an episode since. And I love the show. But I'm not going to yeah. put another app on my phone to listen to one show. I'm just not doing it. Mm. I love Spotify. So that wouldn't bother me. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I think that what they're trying to do, well... There's so many different places now that are developing content. And I think Netflix has really shown that it can really succeed at that game. You know, with the shows that they're putting out. I mean, they're putting out so much that's Netflix specific content. That's different. No, I know it's different. But what I'm saying is that that's what they're trying to emulate, kind of. I know, but podcasts aren't flippable. It's not radio. TV is flippable. You sit, you change the channel, you change it again, you change it again, you change it again. We don't do that with podcasts. It's already hard enough to listen to one friggin' episode. You're not going to then take it off, then go into a different app, then do a search again. Like, right. It's too difficult. It's not Netflix. Netflix is easy to turn on and off if you have the right television. You know what I mean? Or even on your computer, it's even easier. Well, I think this is where the industry is going to get a lesson from the consumer. 
that they would have a better audience if they didn't do this. And let's, I want to watch this. Let's put a pin in this one and let's see what happens and see if they bring it back out again. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that too, because audible stories, I believe, I think that they let go of a lot of the team that was behind that. And also they didn't really want to call them podcasts. They wanted to call them audible stories. There was a whole rebrand that was set up by Audible to like kind of move the conversation, move it, you know, have it be a little bit different. But you're right. I never actually, I am an, a big audiobook listener and I have Audible and I have had in the past Audible like been a subscriber. And even when I was a subscriber, I didn't listen to them because I was like, I don't know. I wasn't interested. <laughs> I don't know. So you're right. It's something for us to watch. And the other thing, Jess, talking about what we talked about in the last episode, which was about Rad, right? So um, this is sort of the thing that those people that are doing Rad or want to get the data from Rad are going to have to do. Because if, like, let's say NPR1 supports the Rad tags and all of that kind of stuff, then in order for them to get all the data, they really do need to send people to consume in that app because that's tracking and giving them that extra information. Um, and so that that's essentially what everybody has to do for the rad tracking to happen. So I'm wondering if they're, I don't know, if that has something to do with it, right? Maybe they want to start to really see um, or negotiate deals based on consumption and developing content that is in this sort of exclusive scenario of giving this th- these things that are under the skies, right? I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. But yes, let's put a pin in it. When shall we revisit how um, the BBC is doing, John? Shall we? Uh, I'd say give it a year. Because usually a give year, it a year? Okay. Yeah, give it a year, and then Never. you know by that time they'll either it, it'll either be hemorrhaging money or not doing well, and then they will pull it. They won't. Right. So you know what they won't do? They won't just say, you know what, we made a mistake here. We're just going to put this as an RSS feed out so everybody can listen to see what it'll do. They'll just pull it, and it could be a great show that no one's ever going to hear. Same thing with the Amy Schumer show. If this doesn't work out well for Spotify, and Spotify don't feel like they're getting their money's worth out of it, they'll just stop it. And they won't put it back out. Now, hopefully, Amy Schumer will be smart enough to know that, say, guess what? I'm going to take this concept, and I'm just going to take it out on the road and put it on an RSS feed, and I'll make money out of it this way. We'll see. Right. I think that the difference between the Spotify thing and the BBC app, iPlayer radio thing app, is that Spotify already has millions of users to that app. You know what I mean? So there are going to be losing people like you, John, that have have a way of listening, but they, they also have a built-in audience. And as of now, given, I think that this is data, please don't quote me on this, but this is something that I think I kind of read there. Spotify is at around 25% consumption of podcasting overall. And that's not being, and that's not having all the podcast in there. That's a big chunk. Whereas an app like the BBC iPlayer radio app, or even NPR one, they're at somewhere below 0.01% consumption of the entire chunk of podcast consumption. So they don't have any leverage. It's sort of like, uh, we don't even cover like those, those people who are less than 0.01%. Rob doesn't even cover inside of the user agents whenever he 
He puts the stats out there. He puts anybody that's above that. And so why should it, it really does make no sense. Spotify, I can actually see and it might actually work. But this. Right. Not, I mean, not, Spotify not sure. is big enough to maybe be in Netflix where they don't care about anybody yep. that's not using their program. They're putting out content for their customers. And they don't care mm-hmm. if it goes if they get anybody from the outside. And maybe it is a draw to bring people in. I don't know. But I think the three – the thing with Spotify, Spotify is fighting with Apple Music and probably – I don't know what other ones are out there. I would say Amazon Music also has a music service that you pay for. Yes, and it's basically mm-hmm. all the same price. And what they're doing is they're fighting for the same clients. The, the issue is is where you're comfortable in listening to music. I tried to move my – my family over to Spotify, and boy, oh boy, did I get pushback. They didn't want to do it because I thought that I would try using paying for Spotify and seeing how that podcast app worked. And uh, I, you know, I got pushback. So it's what you like and what you love. Yep, exactly. Right on, brother. Uh, agreed. Uh, no, actually, I, I asked John for some help with this next bit of information. And this is from Google Podcasts. Supposedly, there was a new update to Google Podcasts, and this is the Google Podcasts app, which is different than Google Play Music, everybody. So it's a different app. So supposedly, the Google Podcasts app was just updated a little more, and now it supports links and formatted show notes. Because, um, John, would you like to fill in our people as our resident Android user what it currently looked like for you when you are looking at the She Podcast show notes using the Google Podcast app? Well, when you messaged me, it was a garbled mess. And it was there was no links in there or anything else. Since we talked, my Android phone has updated the app and now it is formatted and the links are there. And everything is there. So it has done what it said it was going to do. It looks a lot nicer. And yay for uh, Google Podcasts for doing this because it makes it a a better experience for the user. Like if you're talking about this article about the BBC and there's a link in there, I can just go right to the show notes, hit that link and go and research it a little bit more. Or, you know, any link, if I want to follow you through social media, then I can hit that link and it'll take me right there on my phone where I can subscribe and follow. So I love that about this now. And to be honest with you, I'm starting to like the Google Podcast app. Well, I know I like it more than the Apple app, but I also have another podcast app in here that I have been using, and I'm starting to like that better than this one. So that's this is great news for podcasts because now Android phones have an app that is comparable or, in my opinion, better than the Apple podcast app. And people might actually start listening to it. The other great thing about this with the Android is if I just go into the Google search and search She Podcasts, then it pops up and I don't even need a player. I can play it right on my phone, right from the Google search. There's a player right there. So I think this is fantastic for podcasting, to be quite honest. This is really what we've been waiting for forever. Now let's see if it explodes. I know. Uh, Hopefully. I mean, it's grown very, very slowly, and it's still going to do that a little bit at a time, but I think education will really help. The other thing that you mentioned, um, John, about this is that in order for you to find us, though, you had to search for She Podcasts Together, right? As in, like, no gap in between She and Podcast. Like, it had to be together for you to find us. Right. And with the S. 
because and with the s yes right. yes so it, it almost is because when i typed in she uh space podcasts i got a bunch of other stuff that was not you mm. so that was interesting and i was like well this isn't working at all i can't even find it but then when i went drilled down and used a different couple different searches i did find it and it was there and then it was funny because when we when you sent me the messages it, it was not formatted and then the next day Emily Prokop said, look, mine is. And I went back to mine and mine wasn't. I was like, now what? Was it something I'm not doing on this phone? And today I went in this morning and it, there it is, you know, just all hmm. updated by itself and it's working. So good for oh, Apple. Cool. I mean, good for good for Google. Oh, look at that. Goof, good for Google. Yeah. So hopefully you guys check out your own show. If you have an Android device, search for your show and see what it looks like in there. And if you can't find it, do what we did a little bit because I don't know why that's happening. So that's a question that I'm going to be putting out. Like how come we don't show up with oh, well, the other thing that John, that maybe you can search one of these days is searching for she podcasts in quotes, you know, like with the space in between, but putting like quotation marks around she podcasts, because maybe what's happening is Google is giving you responses to she and podcasts. Or she podcasts as a a way of speaking, like she podcasts about, you know, flowers. <laughs> and then maybe it's just giving you, I don't, I don't know. So who knows? So that would be really cool for us to figure out what. what well, Elsie, well. your wish is my yeah. command. I just did that. Oh. And bang, you are first. You came oh, great. up. Everything came up. So the quotation, awesome. look, all your social media, the from Facebook, Twitter. She podcast on Spotify, she podcast on podcast places. It's just, yeah. So the quotation marks is the key. All right. Well, there you have it, people. So tell your people how to search for your show by using quotation marks in Google. And boom, you're there. All right. I think that we can move to some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. Oh my God. So can we talk about what we talked about last week, Jess? Uh, tell me about the app RoboKiller, please. Oh my God. I almost forgot about RoboKiller. Yes. Um, I think it was John that introduced me to RoboKiller. Basically, it's an app that you put on your phone and anytime there's a telemarketer or a possible spam artist, you can not only set it to block the call, but you can also set it to mess with the caller. <laughs> it's just like hilarious. Oh, wow. I mean... I don't have mine set on that, but it will it will tape the call and then you can giggle at it later. But for the most part, mine just says like, you know, the number you've reached is not interested or whatever. But you can you can train it to say, hello, hello. Uh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Can you can you never mind? Ha ha. Or whatever. It's like kind of obnoxious. Oh but my gosh. I do have it installed and mostly I just have the calls being blocked um, and I love it. I love it because for some reason I get 20 of these calls a day and I don't know why, how my number got on some kind of list, but it just started happening out of nowhere, maybe in the summer and I can't get off. I can't get off the train no matter what I do. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm looking at mine and it just this past week I had 15 calls blocked and they yeah. have recorded oh them. And if they record them, you can go back and listen. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. And I forget, I think it's like $24 for the year for this if you sign up for it. And it's amazing. I mean, it really does save you a lot of time. 22 calls to block this week. And there's 1,100,088 numbers that are known bots 
that if they call you, it immediately blocks them. That's great. Wow. That's insane because I'm, I'm using another app and this one, it's called Hiya, H-I-Y-A. And I think it essentially does the same thing that you guys are doing because I was kind of like sick of getting these random phone calls where I'm like, why is this person calling? And so I think what it does is when it is, it, it actually shows you when somebody's calling, it, you can see if it's a bot or not or spam or whatever. And you can send them away and then you can mark them as, you know, blocked, I guess. You can block them on the phone too. Um, you can also, I believe, use it to make phone calls and have whoever the end user is not see your phone, I think. So because it has a phone, like if you open the Haya app and then let's say I want to call somebody, but I don't want them to know what my number is, it can do it for me in there or something like that. So that's a, just another option because I, I just wanted to put these out there because I honestly, I just don't want phone calls. <laughs> I don't want to deal. It, I don't want to deal with people talking to me on the phone. I don't want it. Same. I wish there was a way to just completely block e- even ringing. <laughs> so you think um, we'll come to a point where they'll take the phone call option off the phone and we just text. You ever think there's going to be a, a time where we won't call? I don't know. I think it's getting no, there. No, I mean, I think it's, I, I mean, it's necessary. Of course, there's times when like, I have, like, we have to call people. Like, let's say, even with Jess and I, if we're like texting back and forth, and there really needs something that I have to talk with her about, that it's so much easier than writing back and forth, even though we're really good at that, then I do want the option to be able to do that. But I guess what I want is to be able to set that. Like for me, if the dream scenario would be for, I want phone calls from this number, this number, this number, this number to be able to come in. And that's it. That would be um, great. You know, that that's it. Like those are the ones that I really want to to come in and everybody else goes to a a text message or they have to leave a message or something. And then if I deem them <laughs> to be somebody that I want to receive a phone call from, then they'll just be part of my, yes, you can call me list or whatever dear person elsie has bestowed on you phone call privileges (laughs) yeah that's kind of how i feel oh my god um we were featured just to come through here and finish up on this on our tool tips but jess we were featured on the listen notes there's like a, a list that was created by Wave, which is really weird because it's like two completely separate places. So we were, we were featured on Wave.co, Wave.com, W-A-V-V-E.co. Yeah, I know Wave. In a I know list, Wave. On a list that they put up for us where it says five podcasts about podcasting to help you become a better podcaster. And we were part of that list. And as you, you guys know, that Wave is a service that creates those audiogram things that everybody loves so that they can create a video off of your. Yeah. Isn't it pretty nice? It's really, really cool yeah. that they did that. And then Listen Notes, which is a, a service that I've mentioned in the past here, listennotes.com is a really great place for you to go search for either podcast, but it's actually a much better service to to search for things that you're looking to find out about. Let's say you want to know about, uh, oh my gosh, making a chocolate cake or something like that. Like you really want to find an article, a podcast about making chocolate cakes or something very specific about like, let's say... Uh, Driving in Philadelphia? 
driving to Philadelphia. Maybe that that would be good or public transportation in Philadelphia or something like that. You can go inside of Listen Notes and you can search and they search, I believe, through both the title of your show and the show notes. So that's the bonus for Listen Notes. So you can find a lot of really great um, like one-off things like, oh, here's an, especially when you're doing research on something for you. I just saw somebody that was um, looking for support from a woman who lost her husband to ALS in the She Podcast group, this would be like a great place to go to listen notes and maybe search for ALS support or ALS convalescence or bereavement or something like that. You could search in there. But you can also make playlists. And this is the really cool thing. So a playlist here, they put us together in there. So they use the five um, podcasts about podcasting from Wave and then Wave went into Listen Notes and created a playlist of these players. So what's really cool is that once you go there, then you can share the playlist. You can share it via email or Facebook or uh, Twitter, or you have a little QR code. You can scan it. And then if you do that, it automatically, I think, like gives you the link to this page, listens to the Listen Notes page. But here's the, the fun part. You can also subscribe to the OPML or export the OPML, which I know for a lot of you would be like, what the hell is she talking about? Well, OPML is like the information that a lot of apps read, podcast app read, so that they you can transfer your lists from one app to another. So if you download the OPML file or you tap onto the OPML um, little button that you can see off of your phone, you can import that information into your podcast app of choice because most podcast apps have the option to import. You have to find that feature inside of your app. And then if you use this OPML information, then it automatically loads all of these shows for you. So this is a fantastic way to share podcasts with people and not have to go, you have to subscribe to, um, you know, Podcasters Roundtable. You have to subscribe to Better Podcasting. You have to subscribe to, po- to Podcast Junkies. Like it, it's going to make people it, an easy way to get all of these in there. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Links in the show notes to all of these things. And if any of you guys want to test this out, go ahead to the link to the listen notes list inside of our show notes. Go to that page and then tap on the OPML button and then see if you can do it. See if you can do it. Test it out. See if you can subscribe to the list of these five shows and see what it looks like from your end of things so that you can help your audience possibly make a playlist of some of your favorite shows as well. That's a great way to get the word out of podcasting. Mm, I like that. Yep, yep. And so I think we're all done for today. What do you think? I think it's time let's wrap it up wrap it up let's go let's go wrap it up let's go wrap it up wrap it up let's go so where can people find us yes before we go we'd just like to tell you about the she podcast super squad so if you want our attention on your podcast for any reason whatsoever elsie and i take turns doing q a in that group also it's a place to maybe get a little bit more notice with some of the podcasting experts that are in there besides Elsie and I, um, you have to be a $5 Patreon of She Podcast. So go to patreon.com forward slash She Podcast and sign up for the $5 tier and we'll dump you right on in there. You can also find our show notes at ShePodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at She Podcasts. Um, 
please join the group. It is free for She Podcast. Um, we will be at Podfest, which is coming up in March, the first, second weekend of March, the 6789 area in Orlando. We're excited to be there. So um, if you have any email, send it at feedback at shepodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. LC John, thank you for being here. You guys are the best. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>